0: When Bobby Curley was brought to the hospital hallucinating and in extreme pain, doctors could not find the cause. At first, they diagnosed a neurological problem. But his condition deteriorated. Something he was given in the hospital wasn't curing him. It was killing him. Bobby Curley was a young man with a ready smile, many good friends, and a loving family.
1: My brother Bobby, he was a a fun-loving guy. He really was. He cared for his family very much, myself and his mom and my other brother Dave. Um, He was just an all-around great guy.
2: Bobby was a perfect brother, a great brother. We fished together a lot. We'd go to Canada twice a
0: year fishing, and we'd have a ball up there. In August of 1990, Bobby married Joanne Chopak, a young widow with a four-year-old daughter. Bobby and Joanne had been dating for about a year following the death of Joanne's first husband in an automobile accident.
2: I gave them my blessings. I said it was time for him to get married and have a life of his own.
1: They had a beautiful wedding. Bob really wanted to meet a nice girl and start a family and just enjoy life. And he said he really loved her, and I was very happy for Bob.
0: The couple moved into Joanne's home on a quiet street in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. Bobby worked for the Morgan Corporation as an electrician, and in May of 1991, he and his crew started work on a major renovation project in a local chemistry lab.
3: We were told that everything would be cleared out of the labs. There would be nothing in there. We'd go in a lab and there'd be bottles of chemicals here, or stuff over there spilled and that. And uh, it was kind of, you know, uh, I thought hazardous.
0: Three months into the project, Bobby became ill. His brother noticed something was wrong when they met at a local bar one day after work.
2: After one beer, he was ready to leave, and I asked him why and he said he just didn't feel right. His feet were burning for some reason, and his feet hurt,
0: and he had a hard time walking. And and I didn't know what was the problem. Bobby also complained of numbness in his hands and pain in his feet. When he went to the local hospital, doctors diagnosed his illness as Guillain-Barré syndrome, a rare condition that causes numbness and weakness of the extremities. Although it can be serious, Most patients recover. Bobby's condition gradually improved, and he was released from the hospital. But the pain returned, this time even worse than before. He was also vomiting. He couldn't even stand up. And he had to go to the bathroom. I remember my sister
2: and I had to literally carry him to the bathroom.
1: Once we got him into the bathroom, he looked at me, and he said, Sue, please call the ambulance. He knew he was that sick.
0: This time, Curly was taken to a regional medical center about 100 miles away. When he got there, he was hallucinating and had to be restrained. I thought maybe at one point that he would get better, but he never did. He got worse and worse. He couldn't sit, he couldn't lay, he couldn't do... Everything was
3: bothering him.
0: Although Curly's blood tests were all normal, Dr. Donovan had a hunch, and if he was correct... Bobby Curley was dying. When Bobby Curley was examined by doctors in the regional medical center, his blood tests were all normal. But his doctors noticed something that had previously been overlooked. Bobby Curley was losing his hair. He had had uh, weakness and numbness in the extremities, and he particularly had had uh, burning and pain on the soles of his feet, which is a classical description of arsenic and thallium poisoning. That, coupled with a hair loss, almost makes the diagnosis. A special urine test confirmed Dr. Donovan's suspicion. Curly was suffering from thallium poisoning. Thallium is a rare and highly toxic poison which doesn't show up in routine lab tests. Before it was banned in the United States in the early 70s, thallium was commonly used in rat poison. It can take months to build up in the body before causing symptoms. Unfortunately, there is no known antidote for thallium poisoning. Well, my first thought was, could I save this patient? Unfortunately, by the time I was involved in this case and the diagnosis was being established, uh, there was very little that can be done.
1: And I remember him pointing to all his um, diplomas and everything else, his certificates on his walls and saying, all of these can't do anything for your brother. He said, there is just nothing that we can do. Your brother is going to die.
0: On September 26th, Bobby Curley lapsed into a coma when there were no longer any signs of brain activity. He was taken off life support. We said our goodbyes to Bobby and we were, we went and I couldn't see Bobby going. I couldn't. The autopsy confirmed that Curly died of complications caused by thallium poisoning, most likely one large dose. Hospital officials notified the Occupational Safety and Health Administration to see if Curley could have ingested the thallium while working at the chemistry lab. One of Curley's co-workers believed the work site was unsafe.
3: In one lab, I found a, a wiping rag that had a note put on, a thallium wiping rag, touch me and die. And I remember this was after Bobby was already sick. And I remember going to tell the other, Joey and the other guys, uh, you don't go in that room and work. You know, there's thallium that's heavy metal It's a poison. I don't think we should bother be going in there. Thallium can be ingested, it can be absorbed through the skin, or it can be inhaled. So any one of those roots could give you um, a poisoning-type exposure.
0: To find out if thallium could have been accidentally ingested by workers in the lab, Air samples were collected, counter and shelf surfaces were swabbed, and dust and dirt samples were all taken for analysis. Joanne Curley told investigators that her husband had brought home some cabinets from the laboratory which were going to be discarded. The cabinets were also tested for thallium. The results of all of these tests were negative and none of the other electricians who worked with Bobby Curley at the chemistry lab had thallium in their systems. Joanne Curley requested a thallium test for herself. Both Joanne and her 4-year-old daughter Angela tested positive for thallium. It was not enough to either cause symptoms or even to need treatment, but it did indicate that there had been abnormal exposure to thallium for both of them. Investigators found traces of thallium in Curley's home. They found it in two thermoses Bobby took with him to work every day, thermoses that usually held iced tea. I did not know who
3: placed the thallium in the iced tea containers. I could not confirm that, but I think that somebody certainly did. And that caused his death.
0: And homicide is one person causing the death of another. Police turned their attention to Bobby Curley's co workers and the possibility of a practical joke gone bad. When traces of thallium were found in a thermos Bobby Curley took to work, police questioned his co workers.
3: They'd ask me how well he got along with the other guys on a job. Was there any bad blood? Did he have any arguments? Uh, Stuff like that.
0: Bobby Curley was only 32 years old when he was named foreman of the electrical job at the chemistry lab. His promotion bypassed several older, more experienced electricians. Was jealousy a possible motive? investigators also discovered that Curly was sometimes the victim of practical jokes. Co-workers would sometimes
3: lace his food with seasonings as a joke. Curly was just one of uh, several people that had jokes played on him, but it would be like uh, hot pepper and chewing tobacco or things of that nature. And it was theorized that possibly somebody put the thallium in his iced tea, mistaking it for valium, just to see what it would do to him. When
0: investigators looked closer at the thermoses in Curley's home, they found thallium in the threads of a pint-sized thermos that Bobby never took to work. Joanne Curley offered an explanation. She recalled that once after her husband came home from work, She poured some leftover iced tea from his work thermos into the smaller, pint-sized one, so it wouldn't go to waste. Joanne said that she and her daughter may have consumed some of that iced tea later, which would explain how they had thallium in their systems. Bobby Curley's family grew increasingly suspicious of Joanne's possible involvement in Bobby's death, especially after thallium was found in Bobby's thermos. Curley's family asked authorities if there was any way to prove whether Joanne was involved. To find out, the district attorney had Curley's body exhumed for a second autopsy. Forensic toxicologist Dr. Frederick Readers was particularly interested in analyzing Bobby Curley's hair. When a substance like thallium is circulating in the bloodstream, it will attach to the hair root, which is a cell. Thallium then stays on the hair shaft even as the hair grows out. Hair grows at the average rate of 1.3 centimeters per month, which means that a strand of hair can contain six months or more of medical history. Dr. Readers took samples of Bobby Curley's hair and cut them into smaller pieces, a process called segmental analysis of the hair samples. Those segments were then analyzed with a test called atomic absorption spectrophotometry, which shows which sections of hair contained thallium and which sections did not. The results were plotted on a calendar and indicated that Bobby Curley was exposed to thallium long before he started work in the chemistry lab. Curley received a dose of thallium, not a very large one, essentially two months after they got married, about a year before he died. Forensic tests would soon provide police with even more shocking evidence, evidence that pointed in only one direction. Segmental hair analysis indicated Bobby Curley had been systematically poisoned with thallium for almost a year, long before he started work in the chemistry lab. And the tests also indicated Bobby had ingested a massive dose of thallium as he lay dying in the hospital. This horrifying scenario was confirmed when Dr. Readers discovered a large concentration of thallium in Bobby Curley's intestines. He got a very large dose not too long before he died. The concentrations in the intestine were a thousand times higher than the concentrations in his blood and in his autopsy tissues, which meant that they were of very recent origin. Using the timeline of ingestion, investigators eliminated individuals who had no contact with Bobby Curley during the times he had been poisoned.
3: This was an investigation of exclusion, eliminating people that could not have done it until you got down to the one person left that had to have done it, which was Joanne.
0: Police also learned that Joanne and Bobby were not always a happy couple.
1: At first, I do think Bob was very happy, but then Even just even a few months into the marriage, I wasn't quite sure. Bob um, made some different comments, maybe that he wished he never got married.
0: Police discovered that shortly after the wedding, Bobby made Joanne the sole beneficiary of his life insurance policies worth nearly $300,000. Forensic tests showed that the poisonings began approximately two months after Bobby and Joanne married. That was a shocker. I couldn't believe that. It's like she planned it right from day one.
2: When the papers were signed, making her beneficiary of everything.
0: That's when she started. Family members recalled Joanne's disturbing behavior the moment Bobby was taken off life support.
1: Remember, none of us could go into the room and stay there and watch this happen. But Joanne could. She wanted to stay in the room. And um see Bob die.
0: On December 12th, 1996, Joanne Curley was arrested and charged with first-degree murder. Facing overwhelming forensic evidence and the possibility of the death penalty, she pled guilty to a lesser charge of third-degree murder. At her sentencing, Joanne publicly admitted what forensic testing had already confirmed that she had systematically poisoned her husband with thallium.
2: Today, Joanne Curley is a confessed killer. Today, Joanne Curley surrendered. In open court and under oath, Joanne Curley admitted that she personally poisoned her husband over a lengthy period. She openly admitted
0: to how it was done, when it was done, and to the type of poison used. She placed the thallium in her husband's iced tea about a dozen times. Her confession matched almost perfectly Dr. Reeder's timeline.
3: And that her
0: confession paralleled it. I, I Frankly, I was amazed. I wasn't proud or delighted. I mean, it was good, but I was amazed. Joanne's confession told a horrific tale of murder motivated by greed. Her answer when asked point blank why she did this was for the money. I killed him for the money. Joanne said she used rat poison she found in her grandmother's basement. At first, she used only a small amount in her husband's iced tea, but later increased the amount when she feared it wasn't working. In the hospital, Joanne finished what she started. She poured a massive amount of thallium into his soda and gave it to him as he lay dying.
1: I'd like something cold to drink.
2: That's unbelievable. Be married two months and start killing your husband. And the last one. That's the one that that really bothered me, that he got it while he was in the hospital, because I was there that day, and Joanne was there. I was sitting next to her, and her purse was right there between us. And to know now that the thallium was in her purse at that time is really, that that bothered me.
0: That really bothered me. Tests revealed that Joanne and her daughter ingested minute traces of thallium sometime after Bobby's death. Joanne may have ingested the thallium intentionally and given a small amount to her daughter in order to divert police suspicion. Joanne Curley denies this and says she has no idea how she and her daughter ingested the trace amounts of thallium. Ironically, Joanne Curley was not aware that thallium was present in the chemistry lab where Bobby was working before his death
3: her not knowing what the chemical was that she was poisoning him with, and then to have found it at the university where he last worked. You couldn't ask for a bigger coincidence when you were sitting there as Joanne Curley.
0: But forensic science had established a toxicological timeline of a blushing bride's evil plan. Joanne Curley was sentenced to 10 to 20 years in state prison. Well, obviously she was somebody who was I- intent upon carrying out her
2: plan. She was intent on, on a result. And the result that she wanted was, was Bob Curley's death. And uh, um, it, was, it was obviously a, a, uh, a ghoulish type of uh, a, a crime that you don't see uh, very often anywhere in this country.
1: I could never forgive Joanne for what she did to Bob. To watch him die like that, it was heartbreaking for me to watch him die, any human being, to die like that. No one deserves to die like that.
3: I know there's evil out there, but you know, I just that's the first time I ever ran into anybody that could methodically poison somebody and watch them die.
2: She's a monster.
0: That's what she is. I'll always believe that. In my heart, she took somebody away from us that was very dear to us, and we miss him terribly.
2: I couldn't believe it. They got so much from so little. From a few strands of hair, they were able to tell when she gave him the poison, how often she gave him the poison, and basically in how, how big a doses she gave him the poison,
1: right up to the last day. It's amazing.